The following is presented by the Center for Political Innovation, CPI, Building American Socialism for the 21st Century. To learn more, visit cpiusa.org. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have a lot to talk about tonight. A lot of things have happened today, some of which are very serious and important. And of course, mainstream media is not telling you about it. So we're going to talk about it on here. You came to the right place. We're going to have a great conversation. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notifications bell. Let's get going. Spoken of the American century. I say that the century on which we are entering can be and must be the century of the common man. A radical redistribution of economic power. We know that racism is just is, is a byproduct of capitalism. Everything will be all right if everything was put back in the hands of the people. We need a government that will make sure Americans are taken care of and organize the economy to serve the people, not the profits of a wealthy few. We now have the techniques and the resources to get rid of poverty. We got to start getting out there with the people. Get out of the movement and get to the masses. We need a government of action. Welcome, everybody. So glad to have you here on this stream. Some people are watching on YouTube. Some people are watching on Facebook. Some people are watching on Rockfin. Uh, if either of the major platforms, Facebook or YouTube, shut me down, uh, we will be having uh, continued coverage on Rockfin and elsewhere. Um, so hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notifications bell. Uh, some very, very important stuff to talk about because this has been not a good day for the American working class. Um, the way we generally do things on these streams is that I uh, give some opening remarks and those opening remarks are then followed by a roll call where I call you all out as I see you. We find out on who's on the other side of the camera, names and locations, names and locations. And then after that, um, I answer super chat questions for the rest of the night. So if you have a super chat you want me to answer, shoot me a super chat. Uh, I will try to write them down as we go. Um, and, uh, and then from there, uh, after that, I will answer the super chats in the second half of the program. That's how it tends to work. So welcome everybody. So glad to have you here. Now, the thing that I'm going to be spending most of my opening remarks talking about tonight is something very serious that took place, not just in Florida, but in Florida, in St. Louis, uh, in California, in Philadelphia, and in other parts of the country today. And that was the US Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the U.S. Attorney Generals and the U.S. Attorneys based in Florida launched a raid against an African-American socialist, black nationalist, anti-imperialist organization. The Yuhuru Movement, the African People's Socialist Party, uh, the, uh, this organization, um, they were raided. Uh, they had guns pointed in their face. Uh, they had uh, flashbang explosives detonated in their homes. Members of their organization were uh, held at gunpoint, were handcuffed, um, property was taken, computers were taken, other personal property was taken away from them. Um, all of this was done 
this horrendous raid was carried out uh, and was perpetrated, uh, we now understand because the U.S. Department of Justice believes that these folks are connected to Russia. Let me repeat that. A group of black activists, socialists fighting for their people, who view their people as a colonized people within U.S. borders, who have fought against police brutality. These folks were subjected to a criminal raid, had explosives shot off in their homes, had guns pointed in their face, were dragged out in handcuffs, all because the U.S. government claims they're somehow connected to Russia. This is a very serious situation. And this is the culmination of what I have tried to tell you all about for the past several years. This is going to be the 407th live stream that I've done. Or is it 406? 407th live stream I've done. I've been telling you over and over and over again about what we are facing, that Western capitalism is in crisis. They're taking aim at Russia and China, the major alternatives on the world economy, the Eurasian alternative. And Western capitalism is moving toward an illiberal form of rule, some kind of fascism, some kind of Bonapartism to try and stabilize their unstable system. And that will mean cracking down on the voices that speak up against their system, that fight for the working class, that fight for oppressed nationalities like African-Americans. That's going to happen. Right? Writing it down. That's going to happen. I've been telling you that this is going to happen. And then I noticed two years ago that there was a group of people claiming to be socialists on the internet who on their YouTube live streams do nothing, it seems, but tear down anti-imperialist socialists. Say that if you believe in in socialism like they have in Cuba, or socialism like they have in Venezuela, or socialism like in Vietnam, if you're sympathetic to the people of China on the issue of Taiwan, if you're sympathetic to Russia and the peoples of the Eastern regions, that you are the same as a Nazi, that you deserve to be beaten up and killed, that you're a, a red-brown or a, a crypto-fascist, and that, that, that you know, contrapoints with her how to spot a fascist video, and, you know, and Vosh equates, quote unquote, tankies with Nazis and white supremacists and serfs who doctors videos of other people to make them look uh, bad to try and claim that people who are advocates of LGBT rights are saying all kind of get all gay people are pedophiles, other things like that. These professional hatchet kind of people, Sophie from Mars with her with her. Uh, what do you call it? Her her uh, conspiracy left video thought slime with his claim that you know, that, that anyone who disagrees with him is a white supremacist and secretly a member of a white supremacist group. These people that are doing nothing but engaging in character assassination and psyching up 
the people that are getting interested in socialism across the United States to support U.S. wars and to support government repression. This was serving a purpose. This came from the three-letter agencies. This came from the CIA. This came from the FBI. This came from the intelligence community. These weren't just random people on social media who were just doing you know, their own thing, just thinking of this on their own. This served a purpose. That's what I've been telling you on these streams. I even wrote a book, Bread Tube Serves Imperialism. It was the top book on Amazon in the category of anarchism for multiple weeks. Many people, thousands of people bought this book, Bread Tube Serves Imperialism, where I exposed that this attack on left-wing voices and this attack on anti-imperialists and this fake socialism that supports Joe Biden and hates socialist countries and hates, hates revolutionary anti-imperialist organizers. If this is coming from the top, it serves a purpose. I told you that. And then just last week, when Black Hammer, a group that I do not like, that I disapprove of, that I have nothing, practically nothing in common with, other than the fact that they're for socialism, they're kind of anti-imperialist. I, I vehemently disagree with almost everything they say, their whole approach. When they got, members of their group were arrested. I told you this wasn't going in a good direction. I told you something was going on here. I told you, I warned you that we are gonna see the culmination of what this is all about. I warned you all what this was all about, that the bread tube community, and I, and, I, and I told you, I warned you all, I warned you all about bread tube serves imperialism. And these people laughed at all, <laughs> Caleb thinks everyone who disagrees with him is in the CIA. <laughs> and they laughed it off and they just, they made, oh, that's so stupid, that's retarded. <laughs> and, uh, and what happened? Well, Gray Zone produced documents revealing that British intelligence was funding the work of prominent bread tuber Abigail Thorne. And now, today, we saw that the FBI raided the homes of a socialist group that supports Russia. There's a reason. There's a reason they've been doing this. There is an absolute reason they've been doing this. They have been trying to psych up people that are against racism, trying to psych up people that are against wars, trying to psych up people interested in socialism to support what happened today. That is exactly what has been in the works. They were trying to prepare the ground for this. And that is why they have pushed pro-imperialist synthetic leftism, pro-war synthetic leftism. That's why they pushed these voices out there that have tried their hardest to lie about people to smear people, to harass people, and to set the stage for what happens today, right? We knew that, that the FBI was planning. They would eventually have to crack down on anti-imperialist voices. We knew that that was in the works. We knew that they would try to silence the people who support anti-imperialism, the people who tell the truth about their ugly wars. We knew that they would do that. And we saw long, long before it happened, we saw the, the Facebook, bans coming and the YouTube censorship coming. We saw all of this happening. We saw it in the works. And on this program, we've been talking about it. And that's why last week, even though I don't like Black Hammer, I made abundantly clear that we should not be celebrating what happened to Black Hammer. We should be not repeating the narrative because they were going to set the stage for a wider crackdown. And I said it. And that's why I wrote the BreadTube book. And I said these pro-imperialist fake socialists who do nothing but demonize and preach hate and advocate violence against those of us who support Cuba and Venezuela and China and Iran and other anti-imperialist states, 
that they are in bed with the government, that they are working to help the government carry out a crackdown. And I was right. And I have been warning you about this from day one. I have been warning you about this for the longest time. And there's been certain voices who've gone, oh, that never would happen. And, and now we're seeing it. Now we are seeing it. And I can also point out a few other things that have happened. Let me add. Let me also point out that the U.S. government has spent the last couple years since the killing of George Floyd, since the final year of Donald Trump's presidency and the pandemic, they've spent the last couple of years talking about how woke they are. Oh my goodness, they've been tearing down statues and CNN has been doing stories and the New York Times has run the 1619 Project and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have gone to Black Lives Matter rallies and America is so over its racism, oh no. America is coming to terms with its racist past. Oh, this isn't the America of J. Edgar Hoover anymore. This isn't the America of George Wallace anymore. This isn't the America of Nathan Bedford Forrest anymore. No, 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 no. Now we've got gender studies and race studies at college. And now people use pronouns in their speeches. They use the proper pronouns. No, this isn't, this isn't racist America. This isn't the American empire that was founded on slavery and genocide of black people. This isn't the America where COINTELPRO attacked a group of black revolutionaries, where COINTELPRO murdered Fred Hampton, where COINTELPRO went after the Black Panthers. This isn't the America where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. got a letter urging him to commit suicide and the FBI threatened to, to blackmail him and tried to get the media to report that he was gay and destroy his reputation. This isn't the America where black activists were harassed by the FBI, where black revolutionaries were framed up and sent to prison. That's not the America. No, no, now we've got Kamala Harris as our vice president. Now we've got, you know, now we've got nice murals in downtown Washington, D.C. They've painted the road to say Black Lives Matter. Oh, this is a woke country. And because we're so woke, because America is so woke and progressive, and we just ooze human rights and, and tolerance and universal values, uh, now we get to go and invade countries around the world. we got to send weapons to a bunch of Nazis in Ukraine to fight Russia because Putin's racist and he's not woke. And, you know, we, we got to attack China because they're racist and transphobic and sexist. Oh, and we got to attack Iran because they're not woke and progressive. And every government we don't like, they're somehow not as woke as the American imperialists are. America and NYU's gender studies program and the Harvard board and Judith Butler and white what is it? White fragility. And we're, we're this great human rights loving, gay friendly, LGBT, black liberation, women feminist paradise. And that gives the U.S. imperialists the right to go around attacking countries around the world in order to spread their woke, progressive rainbow flag values around the world. It's all bullshit. It's all a bunch of bullshit. What did they do back? during the time of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. They accused him of being a communist, being a traitor. They said, you are not just fighting for black people's rights. You're an agent of the Soviet Union. You're a communist. They put up a billboard that had a photograph of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on it 
And they said, here's, here's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. at a communist training school. And they, they sent the FBI out to get Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And they did the same thing to the Black Panthers. And they did the same thing to so many revolutionary activists. You can read some of the nasty things they did. At one point, the FBI was trying to incite a group of black communists to murder Minister Louis Farrakhan so they could start, start a, a turf war between black nationalists and communists. The Nation of Islam has been horrendously harassed and repressed by the government. So many forces have been repressed, and the same thing they did 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, before they were supposedly so woke, before they had their beautiful anti-Donald Trump color revolution, uh, before they got their new values, before they tore down the statues, the same stuff they did before they're doing right now. They're targeting black activists people who have deep roots in their community, people who have been organizing against police brutality, people who are doing community work in the black community, they are targeting them and saying, oh, they don't really want to fight for their people. They're agents of Russia. That's what they're doing. That is exactly what they did. It is exactly what they are doing. A vicious attack on these organizers took place today. As of now, we understand that they have charged a Russian national, Alexander Yanov. They have charged him with allegedly conspiring to utilize American citizens as foreign agents to engage in a what is it a a what do they call it a, a malicious meddling campaign or a, a, a malign influence campaign or some bullshit it's all bullshit it's all bullshit it is all utter bullshit right is it possible that some russian citizen gave some money to people in this group sure it's possible is that illegal is it illegal is it illegal to get money from a from someone in another country, right? If you set up a Patreon, is it illegal for somebody in Mexico or Canada or France or Germany or, or Zimbabwe to donate on your Patreon? Is that illegal? Of course it's not illegal. Is it illegal if you set up a GoFundMe for somebody in, in China or South Korea or the Philippines or, or, or you know, Argentina to make a donation on your GoFundMe. Is that illegal? No, it's not. So the notion that this Russian citizen may have given some money, we don't even know if that's true, mind you. This notion that a Russian citizen who runs a nonprofit, an NGO in Russia, called the anti-globalization movement. The allegation is that he gave them some money and it funded their activism. And they were banned from Facebook, they protested Facebook. And you know, that, that his contributions may have helped with that, it's alleged. That is the basis on which people had guns pointed in their face, which people were handcuffed, on the, the basis on which explosives were set off in people's homes. And here's the craziest part. We, we're never going to find out if any of this is true because they've only charged this Russian citizen, this resident of Moscow. And he's never going to come to the United States to stand trial. 
and they didn't charge the Uhuru movement. As of, as of now, they have not indicted them. They have not indicted them. They haven't. And so they haven't been indicted. So they're not going to have a day in court. We're not going to know what really happened. All we're going to know is that what they put in their allegation is going to be is already being repeated in mainstream media as if it's true. And they have terrorized a group of black activists. It's horrendous. It is utterly horrendous. It is utterly horrendous what has happened. Utterly horrendous. And where is the movement, the so-called movement? Where's the movement, you know? Where's the Democratic Socialists of America? When is their protest in support of the Yahuru movement, just supporting their democratic right, their right to organize, their right to protest, their right to fundraise? Where, where is that? You know, where, where, where is the protest being called by the PSL, the Party of Socialism and Liberation? Where is the protest called by the, the Answer Coalition? What The Communist Party is more worried about the fact that people in the Communist Party might be listening to me than they are worried about the fact that FBI agents terrorized black people in Florida for allegedly being tied to Russia. You know that? The Communist Party of the United States is more worried about people in the group maybe listening to me, who and I met with somebody, they've, they've spent way more time talking about how bad I supposedly am than they have talking about how they can protect black activists from FBI raids and from McCarthyism. Right? Let's be real about this, right? The so-called fake left, synthetic left, their fingerprints are all over this. Their fingerprints are all over this. They made it happen by whipping up a hysteria about, about so-called Duganists and Nazbols and Red Browns, by, by whipping up a hysteria, by publishing articles saying that Russia is the biggest threat, not NATO by having internal campaigns looking for anybody who might be tied to somebody who's tied to somebody who talked to somebody once in Russia, by whipping up this hysteria. Their fingerprints are all over this. They psyched up the left. They psyched up young people who were interested in socialism in order to make this happen. That's what they did. That's why the FBI, after years of pumping McCarthyism, anti-Russian hysteria, the myth that somehow you're a fascist if you sympathize with Russia, hysteria about red browns and witch hunting. After pumping this into the socialist movement for two and a half, three, four years, they pumped this into the socialist movement. And then finally, they said, all right, I think there's enough of a smear campaign. There's enough disinformation we put out there that we're going to be able to go and target this black revolutionary organization. We can get away with it. And the people at the FBI offices are high-fiving each other and they're saying, thank God for Joe Sims. Thank God for, thank God for Taryn Fivick. Thank God for, thank God for the DSA. Thank God for those guys at Jacobin. Woo, thank you, Ben Burgess. Great work. That's what they're saying. They made this happen by pushing the hate and the hysteria against anyone who, who dares march in support of the people of East Ukraine by pushing this Duganist, Nazbol, red-brown narrative, they made this happen. And whether these people are agents or not, they should be, they, they, they are acting like it. They made this happen. They made this happen. 
I am, I am not holding back at all tonight. I am not holding back at all tonight. I am not holding back at all because they made this happen. They made this happen. They set the stage for it. They had the job. They had the job of psyching up socialists to support something like this. And they made it happen. They made it happen. And shame on them. Shame on them. Right? They made this happen. And the blood is on their hands. You know? You know? You know? You know? You know? When they talk about lynchings that went on, that was one horrendous thing that happened to black people. Lynchings. You know, when lynchings went on, it wasn't just the people who held the rope. It was also the crowd of people who cheered it on, the crowd of people who supported it, right? And so, yeah, it was the FBI that raided the homes of these black activists, but it was the CPUSA leadership that cheered it on. It was BreadTube who psyched up people for it. So, yes, while the FBI were the ones with the rope in this hypothetical lynching, it was BreadTube and Jacobin. It was Ben Burgess. It was Taryn Fivek. It was Joe Sims. They're the ones that psyched up. They're the crowd marching in the lynch mob. That's what they are. They psyched up people to support political repression of anti-imperialist voices. That's what they've been doing with their smear campaigns. That is what they're doing. And shame on them. Shame on them. Shame on them for what they're doing, right? They are pro-imperialist voices within our movement that have been waging smear campaigns, whipping up anti-Russian hysteria, trying to stigmatize, isolate, cancel, you know, smear, do anything they can to anybody, anybody who has anything good to say about Russia. If you so much as raise a voice and say, some of these people aren't even pro-Russia, some of these people are neutral, and that's still not okay. You're a Nazi, you're a white supremacist. Anybody who doesn't go along with the Pentagon narrative is just the same as a Nazi. That is what these people say. And they don't just say it once. They say it over and over and over again. And they're picked, they're selected to be the voice of socialism. And the New York Times puts them up there and they get up there and they say, yes, we, even though we've never been in a socialist group before, even though we have no record of any organizing, even though we've never so much as been at a protest or a rally, YouTube and Twitch and Facebook have decided that we get to be the voice of socialism. And it just so happens that we're going to spend all of our streams and all of our videos psyching people up to be okay with socialists being raided and terrorized by the FBI. Shame on these people. Shame on these people. Shame on them. Shame on them. They are agents of imperialism, and they set the stage for what happened today. And I'll tell you another thing. I'll tell you another thing that needs to be said, which is that, you know, as much as my heart goes out to the folks in the Uhura movement, I have different views than they do. You know, I do. I, I am, a, I am a, an advocate of socialism with American characteristics. I consider myself to be patriotic. None of that matters. What I want to offer to the people in the Uhura movement tonight is nothing but unequivocal solidarity. I am with you against the American government. And I am going to raise hell and raise awareness about what they're doing to you. And I don't care. You disagree with me about patriotism? That's fine. You disagree with me about China? That's fine. You disagree with me about this or that? I don't care. I'm on your side. You are under attack. And I'm not with Joe Sims. And I'm not with Taryn Fidek. I'm not with DSA. I'm not with BreadTube. I'm not with Jacobin. I'm with you. 
I am on your side because when the U.S. imperialists come for an anti-imperialist voice, I'm on your side. I support you. And what the FBI did to you is completely unacceptable. This is unbelievable. You're not Russian agents. You're not agents of a foreign power. You're not spies. You, the Yahuru movement, are black people who love your people and believe that socialism is the way to free your people. And we might disagree about this or that, but none of that matters. I'm with you. And anybody, anybody who thinks now is the time to start criticizing the Yahuru movement or criticizing Black Hammer or criticizing the Black Alliance for Peace, anyone who thinks now is the time that, that we need to you know, make clear, well, we're, we're socialists and uh, maybe we oppose what's being done to them, but we're not bad like they are, just so you know. We're, we're good. So anyone who does that, fuck you. Fuck you if you're going to do that. That is not what we need. We need solidarity. When these people are being terrorized and attacked by the FBI, it is our job. It is our job to stand in solidarity with them. It is our job to make abundantly clear, no, you don't. No, you don't, right? You don't terrorize a group of black leftists because of the fact that they, you know, their leader one time, what, he went, one time he went to Russia to a conference or something. That is ridiculous. And they have just as much right to organize in their community they have just as much right to, to, to fundraise and have GoFundMes and Patreons as anybody else does. You know, you know, I, I and, and we need to unequivocally stand arm in arm with these people right now. We need to have their back and all the political differences, all the debates about Stalin and Trotsky and Africa and Kwame Nkrumah and Zimbabwe. Forget it. Just forget it. We need to have their back. 100% we need to have their back. We need to have their back and we need to use this moment to show people how toxic the bread tube narrative is, how toxic the cancel culture is. There's a reason that everyone is always fighting with everybody on the internet, even within our own wing of the movement. It's the Twitter algorithms are designed to break us down into atomized individuals. They want us all alone and isolated and hating everyone else and yelling at everyone else. That's what they want. And now we need more than ever to build a network of people who can stand arm in arm and have each other's backs despite disagreements. We must build an organization. I'm getting to the press conference. I'm getting to it. We must build a layer of people that are committed to anti-imperialism. If there's anyone, I guess, if there's anybody, and I am going to show the press conference video, John. I'm going to show the video. I'm going to show the video. I have it here, and we're going to watch it here together. But if there's anyone from the Yahuru movement who's watching here tonight, I want you to know the Center for Political Innovation has your back. We are supporting you. We, we want to do anything in our power to support you right now, no matter what, right? I mean, we want to be able to help with your defense. We want to raise awareness about your case. We want to give you a platform to talk and tell your side of the story. We have your back and we support you. And that goes for anybody. If they touch a hair on the head of anybody in our revolutionary anti-imperialist movement, whether they're an anarchist or a socialist or a black nationalist or a, or a social democrat or a Trotskyite or whatever they may be, we all need to stand together. What they did, what they did today must not pass. You shall not pass. That needs to be the message of our movement. You shall not pass. And what they did to the revolutionary black nationalist group, Yahuru movement, you shall not pass. You shall not pass. Unequivocal, unconditional defense of the Yahuru movement 
against the lies and slanders, against the FBI raids that came down against them, against the implication that somehow they're foreign agents, agents of a foreign power. We should have zero tolerance for McCarthyism among anti-imperialists. You shall not pass. And now we are going to listen. Because one thing I will say about the Yehuda movement that I think is awesome is, you know, the group is under attack right now. They, they've, been, they've been terrorized, but they have this amazing spokeswoman. This woman that they've got here, she says her name. I don't want to get it wrong. They have a great spokeswoman. This woman who came out to speak to the media to give their side of the story, she was amazing. So we're going to listen to this woman from the Yahoo movement. We're going to listen to what they have to say about the horrendous things that went on today. My name is Akile Anai, and I'm the director of agitation and propaganda for the African People's Socialist Party. I want to appreciate the media for uniting to be a part of this press conference that we're having right now at the St. Petersburg Police Department headquarters, where they just finalized their press conference, which we were not allowed to be a part of. I guess pres uh, public presence was not allowed to participate in this um, press conference. Neither were questions from the media. But we're here because we want to explain what this is about, what the FBI, what the police have stated as the basis for you know, this so-called investigation. We want to clarify several things. One, that what happened this morning when my car and my personal property was seized from my possession, when they attacked Chairman Amalia Chatella and Deputy Chair Onazanea Chatella in St. Louis, Missouri, where our current headquarters is for the African People's Socialist Party, the Uhuru Movement, when they broke into their homes and they handcuffed our leadership, when they went into the Uhuru House here in St. Petersburg, Florida, without issuing a search warrant when they broke down the doors. But we want to say that they are characterizing this as some kind of investigation into our affiliation with, you know, Russian foreign governments and things like that. But one, I think that this exposes the crisis that the U.S. that U.S. imperialism is in, because the U.S. and other world colonial powers have been collaborating against Russia for well early into the early 1900s, and this is a consequence right now in 2022 that we see the same attack against Russia, and right now this this war on you with Ukraine, this defensive war in Ukraine that Russia is actually waging against world colonial powers, not Ukraine as a single entity, but the U.S. and all colonial powers who have an interest and colonially dominating African people right here in this country and around the world and extracting resources from the majority of peoples on the planet. That system, this current system, is in severe crisis and they cannot rule in the same old way. Right. So that's what we understand, one, about the U.S. government. And the ruling class itself states that imperialism is on the decline. U.S. power is not, it's not cyclical, but it is permanent. So that's number one. Number two. The African People's Socialist Party is an organization that has been here for 50 years. It is an international organization that not organizes just here in St. Petersburg, Florida, but right there in St. Louis, Missouri, in Oakland, California, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and all throughout the U.S., in Africa, in Europe. And the history of the African People's Socialist Party is to unite any, with any forces that unite with the anti-colonial struggle. And we feel that is a just struggle. We feel that every colonized African who was gunned down in the city of St. Peter, anywhere else in this country, like George Floyd or like Mike Brown, we feel that our response is to fight against that relationship. Our, our responsibility is to fight against our oppression and our domination. And that means organizing a revolutionary capacity to make that possible. 
And that means that we unite with any force because we understand that colonialism is a global system and that it has interests everywhere throughout the world. Everywhere that, you are, that they are talking about, we have a relationship with, the U.S. is there right now plundering people's resources. But they are not under investigation. Just a few weeks ago, the Uhuru House was attacked in broad daylight where an arsonist came to the Uhuru House and burned down and attempted to burn our red, black, and green flag that waves at our offices down. There was no FBI investigation into that person who tried to burn down our flag. There was no response from the FBI and the, uh, the St. Pete Police Department to respond to this attack that came against our Uhuru House. And we also understand that that's not a coincidence, that the only revolutionary organization that's done something here on the ground practically for African people is the one that's come under attack. The, 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 the institution that offers a community radio station, a newspaper, a commercial kitchen, a, an Aquaba Hall rental space, and community office for our organizers, that was the building that has come under attack. And in St. Louis, where we have incredible economic projects that have transformed the conditions of our community, not the U.S. government, no politician ever did that for our community, but it was us, the Uhuru movement, that made that possible. And today, this process is disrupting a meeting that we are supposed to have around initiating a project, the African Women Doula Project, that can make it possible for African women to deliver babies safely in our community. This process is interrupting that as I speak. And what this is, is a propaganda campaign against Russia. In that press conference where I had my ear pressed to the door, they are talking about interference in local elections and social media. No, I'll tell you, it's Mark Zuckerberg that interferes with the ability for people to communicate with one another and express their genuine interests. That's who was at the security conference for the U.S. government. It's Mark Zuckerberg who's responsible for that. And they, the U.S. is attempting to explain its own contradictions with Russia because it cannot rule in the same old way. It does not have the unity of its entire population. That's what Trump represented. And they say it was Russia intervention in the elections. They say it's an undemocratic process. What does the U.S. know about genuine democracy when it takes the ability for African people to feed, clothes, and house ourselves on a daily basis? You want to talk about destabilization? Talk to Nicaragua. Talk to Venezuela. Talk to Cuba. Talk to Russia and ask about undemocratic processes. That's what we're engaged in right now. And they are attempting to attack this organization, they are attempting to isolate the black power movement. That's what they are attempting to do. And we can have relationships with whoever we want, see whoever we see fit possible to make this revolution possible. We will have a relationship with them. It sounds like you're not denying working with Mr. Ivanov and the Russian government. You're not denying that? I, look, they are, are they're raiding our properties as we speak. Whatever you want to know, they'll let you know what we have and what we have not done. But I will say this, that we unite with any force that is willing to unite our in our anti-colonial struggle. Yes. That part is clear. We will she not gets it. we will she not refuse. It. We will not refuse to engage with others around the world who want to see this system go. We will not we will not refuse that. And I won't That's refuse what I'll say either. about that. If you are working with the Russian government, you're not are, are you we're not concerned at all that The US is working the US is working with every colonial government in the world and nobody is saying a damn thing about what the US is doing in Africa. What, what, they don't, they don't raid the homes and ask white people any questions after they come home, uh, come back from Israel where they're murdering Palestinian people every single day. They don't flash bomb their homes. They don't send the police there even though they went in, into international waters in a place where they are killing Palestinians on a daily basis. Nobody is asking them any questions about their affiliation. The U.S. is affiliated with all the undemocratic forces around the world attempting to oppress African and other mm -hmm. colonized people. She is right. Why would we register as a foreign agent? We recognize that this is an ill 
real legitimate settler colony, that the only foreigners here are Europeans themselves who came here and stole the, the, this indigenous land at gunpoint. That's who needs to register as a foreign alien or whatever. You, it's the U.S. government. Are you unindicted co-conspirator number four? What's, what, what, what's at stake? Because they didn't give us any oh, of that okay, paperwork. So, so you, know. um, you want to know my name? Because I can tell you. co-conspirator four, whose identity is known to the grand jury, was a United States citizen residing in St. Petersburg and the director of agitation and propaganda. I stated my name is Akile Anayi. I'm the director of agitation and propaganda for the African People's Socialist Party. I ran for office in 2017 and 2019 on a platform of reparations, the first time that was ever done in this country. Under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party. It was the African People's Socialist Party that did that campaign. It was African, see my public records and the donors that came through that we have to report publicly. See that, see, see, check our public records. You want to be a part of the state's investigation? You check their public records and see what resources we accepted. Yes or no? Did you accept Russian money as part of your campaign? You are trying to make this discussion about something that it is not. You want to know what this real problem is about? If you are you if you are genuinely interested to know what this situation is about, not live in fancy land about whether or not I accepted money from Russians, this is real. Not the way you want to see it, not the way you want to con control the narrative. What I'm talking about right now is that they're using Russia as a part of a propaganda tool against the people to turn you away, to win, first of all, win your unity with the U.S. government. Yes. The U.S. government has no ability to answer any of your questions. None. It can't solve any of your problems, and they tell you that it's Russia's fault. Russia is not in your community causing you to starve. Russia is That's not right. in your community pushing you out. Russia is not the same people who so right. killed Tyron Lewis in 1996. It was not Russia. It was the U.S. government that did that. Are you, are you concerned about being arrested yourself? I am not concerned about what the crisis of imperialism and how it will act. No, I'm not. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm like really late for all this stuff. Kennedy, because this seems like a lot, right? Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Right now. It, is, it, it, is, it started so. 600 years ago. Yeah, um, so what exactly is the FBI accusing you guys of? They are accusing us of uh, this from this is what they're making it about. And I want to be clear, this is what they're making it about. Because the African People's Socialist Party has been here for 50 years. And this is not the first time we've come under any kind of assault, FBI investigation, or anything like that. This will always be the case as we try to fight for our freedom because African freedom comes at the expense of U.S. interests. That's just how that goes. And a couple years ago, they labeled Africans who would struggle in their own interests as black identity extremists. They have terrorist designations for people like us who want to fight for our freedom. So I want to make that clear, that this is what they're saying it's about, but they need an entry point to be able to attack our movement, and this is the one that they're using. But they are accusing us of conspiring with the Russian government for, I, I can't even tell you, because it don't really make that much sense. You know what I'm saying? So this is what they are accusing us of, of conspiring with the Russian government and what, for whatever purposes and interests they have not explained. But I guess this comes at the expense of U.S. democracy, which isn't that very democratic. What? So, so what is next for you? Do you get an attorney? What is the next couple of days and weeks look like as they tell us the mm -hmm. Well, we keep with our position, we continue doing what we've always done, which is organize our community towards African revolution. And we organize a response to this, just like we have in this response right now, just like we're able to put out and define what this struggle is about. That's what we'll continue to do, and we'll continue to organize as necessary around whatever they try to pull down the pipeline. But like I said, this isn't the first time our first go around with the FBI. So we are prepared, you know, to take it where it needs to go until the full length of however long this investigations last. We will organize around it. And that's another thing. You touch me, you touch 
the African People's Socialist Party, you touch Chairman Amalia Shatella, you touch Deputy Chair Onazanea Shatella, any member of the African People's Socialist Party, you touch a member of the African nation. This is an international organization. We have bases throughout the world. So you don't just touch an individual, you touch an entire organization, and you touch an entire people who are counting on this movement right here to lead us to freedom. So why work with Russia, who is a known U.S. adversary? Why work with them uh, and be unregistered? Why, why would you? Why take their money? Why work? With Did them? I ever say I took any money? See, no, 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 no. I never. That, no, no, no. That's what I'm accused of. I never said that. So don't put that in my mouth. I didn't say that. Look, I don't want to answer your question because you want to take it somewhere. I don't want to take it there. I've defined this for you. No, I will, I, will let you, I will let them tell it because that's the people you'll believe. That's the people you'll believe. But you want to ask any question about why we would affiliate ourselves with anybody that, struggle, that is willing to unite with the anti-colonial struggle? That's what your question is, essentially, for us. Why a U.S. adversary that we've had issues with in the past, why work with them? Because I don't identify with you and the U.S. government. I don't identify do with the, that. Do you hate the government? The I, government? I detest the U.S. government and what it does to African people on a daily basis. That's what we are, that's what we are here for because we are refused to allow the system anymore to take the lives of African people. That is a logical thing for me to do. You do understand what the, what the indictment is about unregistered co-conspirators. I mean, you understand what they're I understand what they are saying this is about, and I'm telling you what it's about for real in the real world. Not how they want, they not how you want to see the world, but what it actually is. This is happening in the context of Russia at war with Ukraine. This is happening in the context of our building being uh, uh, potentially burned down. This is happening in that context. And do you think, is Russia, are they the good guys in the war against Ukraine? Do you think, from your perspective, like who's the good guy, who's the bad guy? Russia. We are in support of Russia, I'll say that. African People's Socialist Party. Yes. And, and that's been public. Why, why would you that's support, been public. I, I, I want to understand. I'm really, I'm asking You're trying to understand. Right. Why would you support a larger country invading a sovereign country? Because you don't know the history. You don't know the history. You don't know the history of Ukraine and Russia. And you don't know that Ukraine is just a cover for the world colonial powers. You don't understand that. That's why. We are against world colonial powers. That's what we are against. And if, if Russia is against world colonial powers, then we support Russia. That's only logical. That is available online at Burning Spear TV on YouTube. That webinar is available. Yes. Yeah. We, we, you, she just. How is that illegal? To hold a video conference with a Russian national on the internet. How in the world is that illegal? I think the reporter, if he was actually doing his job, would be asking, why does the FBI give a flying fuck who you give a, a video conference with? I don't get, I mean, she, did she give a video conference with a Russian national? Is that a crime? What, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, who is this reporter? What agency is he with? He's a dumbass. I said it. We, we've had this discussion. This was a virtual discussion, so it's it's virtual. Will you continue to work with Russia, or at this point, based on this, do you We will continue to work with any force that supports the anti-colonial African revolution. That's we'll right. Work with them. Is it possible they're using you? The African People's Socialist Party is, is an organization is that's been here for 50 years. I'm just asking, is 
No, 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 because it, no, because it's a backwards question. Because it presupposes that African people don't have the capacity to lead and struggle ourselves, but we do. And Chairman Amalia Shatella founded this organization over 50 years ago, and which created the capacity for the African working class to determine our own futures. Russia don't determine Africa. Nobody else determines Africa but African people ourselves. And that is an insulting question. The African People's Socialist Party stands on its own and is able to make determinations for itself, which we've been doing for the last 50 years. So I didn't in the 2020 election, in the, uh, the presidential election. Well, there wasn't anybody speaking to my interest. And when nobody saying reparations to African people, nothing. So ain't nobody get my vote. But in theory, there are groups you would say no to, right? There are, there are groups we would say no to that would work against the interests of our community and our people and the struggle. Yes, we would say absolutely no. We would say no to the Democratic Party. We would say no to the Republican Party. Uh -huh. We would say no to the Green Party. We would say no to these forces that work against or try to maintain this social system. So, yeah, we can't say no. So as of now, I mean, the indictment, not your name, but mm -hmm. are you, so they have not said you're being charged with anything like that yet? Nope. Okay. Not as, not, we don't even have the indictment. Yeah. So we, we have no idea. We have, you know, this is, ever cross your mind that this was a maybe a bad idea that that, that, that this could happen i mean we're talking when you're talking to russia i think you i think you really got to know history because when you see the black power movement of the 1960s and what happened to the panthers and what happened to you know africans who were organizing during that time they got gunned down they were thrown in prison you know all these kinds of things happened to our struggle and i voluntarily joined this struggle wow. recognizing that this is the history of what this government does to a people that struggles for its freedom it struggles Wow, did you ever like think that maybe if you're like a black organizer and you're like fighting for your freedom, the government might come after you? I mean, I mean, did that never occur to you? I don't know anything. I mean, wow, wow. For true democracy, this is what it does to the people. So, no, I did not enter this work being afraid or thinking that this was a bad decision. I follow the leadership of Chairman Amalia Chatel and African internationalism, and it does not steer me wrong. So, there's never a concern that again working with a well, I mean, that's what he she just said of course there's a concern I, oh it doesn't matter what we it doesn't matter what we do it doesn't matter what we and do you're not willing to say that you did not take money i'm not willing to say anything without my lawyer present but you may have taken <laughs> i'm not willing to say anything without my lawyer present i will not confirm that for you no he was not arrested he was put in handcuffs as well as as well as our deputy chair owners and should tell him but they were not, they were not, yes, they were released from handcuffs, but their house was broken into. That This is St. Louis where our party is currently headquartered. Did it used to be headquartered in St. Petersburg? It did, yes. Why did it move up to St. Louis? Because we found a more strategic base right there in St. Louis. So we have, um, you know, we have a presence all throughout the U.S. and we have leadership in all of these different places. Every region in the U.S. we have leadership, but the most strategic leadership right now is in the center of the U.S., which is St. Louis. What has the FBI said to you? Uh, no, they gave me that. No, they didn't tell me about this press conference. Either. They didn't say nothing to us. We came here. We couldn't even get in the press conference. Had to have our ear to the door to even uh, to know what was being heard. So we haven't heard anything. It's not concerning to hear that they believe that the federal government believes the Russians were trying to influence elections and essentially, on some level, take the vote away from 
from just average citizens? They were trying to the U.S. does the this all the time and intervenes in... We're not talking about the U.S. No, I, but I, that's what I am, though. You want to make it about Russia and think that Russia is the big bad guy that intervenes in local elections or something like that when the U.S. government has this practice. It's a historic practice where the U.S. government takes elected officials that the people put into office and destabilizes that government and, and, and ousts them out. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's directly connected. You want to... No. You want to see it as another story, but it's, it's, it's exactly the same. You, you can't possibly understand my point. I, I do. But I guess what I'm saying is they're accusing, the again, the Russian government of yes. working. I understand the propaganda campaign that's being waged against Russia to make Russia the big bad guy when it's the U.S. government that has had this reign on the entire world for all this time. I, you know, this is what you want to make it about. Russia is the big bad guy. Russia's the problem. Russia is not in my community doing any of this stuff to me. It's not the reason why me as an African woman is catching hell. It's just not. It's not responsible for that. And that's, and that's what we have to make clear. That's what we have to make clear. Can you spell your name for us, Do you have that correct? Yes, it's A-K-I-L-E, last name A-N-A-I. And who, uh, who is the leader again? Omalia Shatella. And can you spell that person? O-M-A-L-I. Last name Y E S H I T E L A. And is so this morning the first you heard of this? Is like the first time you're hearing about this? Well, I mean, I was a, approached this morning at 6 a.m., so that would be the first I've heard about yeah, this. Yeah, they didn't give you call up ahead of time or anything? No, no, they did not. Actually, they lured me out of my house under false pretenses. They told me my car got broken into. It didn't. They were doing the breaking in, the police and the FBI. No, they did not search my home. Wow. Wow. What a press conference. What a press conference that was. Wow, folks. Um, you know, there are times where we find out who are the real anti-imperialists and who are not. We find out who is just performative and who is not. We find out who likes to read books about socialism, fantasize about socialism, and critique the global capitalist system, and who is actually serious. This is one of those times. Because if you're a real, genuine socialist, a genuine anti-imperialist, you understand that what they are doing to the Yahoo movement is wrong. And the Yahoo movement has every right to function as an anti-imperialist organization in the black community. And let me point out, I've said this before, but it must be repeated. The position that I take on Russia, seeing Russia as an important, important anti-imperialist country, an ally of socialist and progressive forces in the world, the position that the Yahoo movement takes, seeing Russia as an important anti-imperialist country, an ally of progressive forces in the world, that is the position that the entire global communist movement practically takes. Name one, one, one communist government in the world that doesn't support Russia and Ukraine right now. One, one communist party that is in power, that is ruling a country that doesn't support Russia. One, think of one. 
The Chinese Communist Party, who do they support? Russia. The Cuban Communist Party, who do they support? Russia. The Nicaraguan Sandinistas, who do they support? Russia. The Venezuelan United Socialist Party, who do they support? Russia. The Vietnamese Communist Party, who do they support? Russia. The Laos Communist Party, who do they support? Russia. The North Korea, the Korean Workers Party in North Korea, who do they support? Russia. And go around the world to countries that have big communist parties, not little, you know, Trotskyite clubs on the college campuses. Go to South Africa. Who does the South African Communist Party support? Russia. Who do the economic freedom fighters of South Africa support? Russia. Who does the Communist Party of India Marxists support? Party with millions of people that runs Kerala in India. Who do they support? Russia. I'm telling you, you know, go to Latin America. Who do the communists in Argentina support? Who do the communists in Chile support? Who do the communists in Venezuela support? Who do the communists in Bolivia support? Who do the communists in Colombia support? Who do the communists in Uruguay support? Uh, you know, who do the communists in Bangladesh support? Who do the communists in Nepal support? Give me a break. There is nothing that, that the position that they are taking as a group of black people fighting for the rights of their people is exactly in line with global communism. And the only reason that people in the United States think that, oh, if you're a leftist, you must hate Russia. The only reason people think that is because of a government disinformation operation. That's the only reason. There has been a crazy disinformation operation to prop up pro-imperialist scum to speak in the name of socialism, to run our socialist organizations, to put out anti-communist, left McCarthyist, John Birch Society style material. It's only because of a well-funded disinformation operation. The communists in America don't support Russia. Because if you are a genuine anti-imperialist, if you understand Marxism, you would understand that yes, Russia is not a socialist country. Yes, there was a counter-revolution, but, that Russia rebuilt its economy by pushing BP and Shell and Chevron out and putting Gazprom and Rosneft in charge by standing up to American oil companies. Furthermore, you would understand that Russia's economy is intrinsically tied in with the socialist economy of China, that Russia and their economy is intrinsically tied in with the Bolivarian movement of Latin America. You wouldn't have a Hugo Chavez. You wouldn't have a, a Maduro. You wouldn't have a, a, a revival of the Sandinistas in 2006. You wouldn't have Evo Morales. You wouldn't have a rise in socialism in Latin America without a rise of an alliance with Russia. That it makes perfect sense, perfect sense, perfect sense. makes perfect sense that if you're a communist and you see the U.S. imperialists attacking Russia, you see the U.S. government installing a bunch of neo-Nazis in Ukraine, uh, and you see the neo-Nazis tearing down World War II memorials and, and terrorizing people that are proud of the defeat of the Nazis, and you see Russia aligning with the communists, and, 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 and after a long time of, 
of resisting, ultimately moving in to protect two people's republics led by communists, it would just make perfect sense to support Russia. It would make perfect sense. It's, it's basic common sense that Russia struggling against the U.S. imperialists for control of their country, uh, you know, the people in the eastern regions of Ukraine struggling against a Pentagon-backed U.S. armed regime, uh, you know, that is full of neo-Nazis and tears down World War II memorials. Um, it makes sense that you would support Russia. It's just basic anti-imperialism. The, the big bankers and monopolists based in Western countries are trying to dominate the global economy and hold back development and keep the world poor and control the oil markets and make lots of money from selling tanks and bombs and weapons. And if you're a communist, if you're a Marxist, if you're a socialist, if you're an anti-imperialist, you're against that. And you stand with the forces of resistance, whether it's the Vietnamese people, whether it's the people of Yemen, whether it's the people of South America or the people of Russia or the people of Donbass. You stand with them. It's just basic, just common sense. And the only reason, the only reason that this isn't the prevailing opinion among American leftists, there's actually two reasons. The first reason is a conscious government disinformation operation to manipulate the socialist movement. The second is that socialism is not among the masses. It has not sunk its roots among the broad masses of people. Instead, the socialist movement uh, has become an intellectual, petty bourgeois, middle-class movement. When you build roots among the broad masses of people, at that point, uh, you have to make alliances, you have to understand these things. But because the socialist movement is this middle-class intellectual thing, because it's this hipster rich kid thing, uh, it's this gentrified neighborhood bookstore thing, uh, because of that, because of that, and because of a conscious government operation to confuse intellectuals and such, you have socialism in the West not supporting Russia. But I will reiterate what I said at the beginning of this stream, because it needs to be said over and over again. The blood of this incident is not only on the hands of the FBI, not only on the hands of the mainstream media that supported uh, and demonized Russia, it is on the hands of the fake socialists. The leadership of the Communist Party that has whipped up a hysterical campaign against Russia, they are responsible for this. The individuals at Jacobin Magazine, the bread tubers, ContraPoints, Vosh, Dotslime, Sophie from Mars, Surfs, Surfing USA, whatever his name is, Taryn Fivik, Ben Burgess, they are responsible for this. The Young Turks, Anna Kasparian, who, who waged a hysterical campaign against Jimmy Dore because he dares to support Russia. Those fake socialists, the blood is on their hands. By whipping up anti-Russian hysteria, by pushing the idea that we need to stigmatize and isolate and smear and demonize and commit violence against any leftist who disagrees with them. By doing that, they set the stage for the FBI to do it. That's what they did. They set the stage for this to happen. And that's that they are to blame. And we need to hold them responsible for this. 
You know, especially these people that like to call me a white supremacist. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I don't see all these people that are, you know, that, you know, I'm supposed to be a white supremacist because I wave the American flag and want to organize white workers. Uh, you know, but but these people that are so woke and progressive and they hate white workers and they hate the flag. I don't see them sticking up for the Uhuru movement. I don't see them speaking up for the African People's Socialist Party. And they're so woke. Oh, you know, I would never wave the American flag like you, Caleb. You are racist. <laughs> I am so progressive. Look at me. I hate white working class people. I would never, never try to get them to think they have something in common with black people. I would never try to build anti-state racist solidarity. I just want to be superior. Oh, yes, those people. I don't see any of them standing up for the Uhura movement. A group of black revolutionaries just got targeted by the FBI and they're like, well, you know, didn't they have something to do with Russia? And, and everyone who has anything to do with Russia is a Nazball or a Nazi. And, and, and here they are supporting the American government going after a group of black revolutionaries. I'm just telling you folks, it is so obvious. The question is not how woke you are. The question is not, you know, a complex debate about the role of identity politics and the nature of the white proletariat. Forget all. There are some people that support U.S. imperialism and there are some people who don't. That's all there is to this. Are you for the U.S. imperialists or are you against them? The leadership of the Communist Party, they support the U.S. imperialists. Taryn Fivik supports the U.S. imperialists. You know, Joe Sims supports the U.S. imperialists. Uh, the The people that have been pushing this Nazbol red-brown scare, they support the U.S. imperialists. That's all there is to it. Vosh, BreadTube, Jacobin, they all support the U.S. imperialists. That's all there is to this. The synthetic left supports the U.S. imperialists. They don't care about black people. They don't care about LGBT folks. They don't care about trans people. They don't care about feminism. It's all just a smokescreen. They don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. They support U.S. imperialism and they want to see anybody who opposes U.S. imperialism locked up, murdered, and killed by the FBI. And that's why they're dancing and jumping up and down happy that Uhuru got taken out. That's why they're whipping up their crazy red-brown hysterical campaign, their, their old so-and-so's a Nazbol campaign. That's why they're, they're demonizing and smearing and trying to cancel anyone who supports Russia and understands that Russia is trying to defend the peoples of the eastern regions. You know, that's, that's why they're doing this. They don't care about black people. They don't care about Latino people. They don't care about anything. They support U.S. imperialism. That's what the issue is. And me, on the other hand, I'm against U.S. imperialism. And, you know, I might not agree with the Uhuru folks about, you know, the nature of the movement we need to build. Doesn't matter. I'm on their side. I'm on their side. Imperialism is what it's all about. If you read Imperialism, the highest stage of capitalism by Vladimir Lenin, that's what it's all about. In the 20th century, the world became dominated by banks and corporations and big financial institutions, trusts, cartels, and syndicates, big monopolies based in the Western countries. An international financial order called imperialism emerged. Imperialism, the highest stage of capitalism. And that is what humanity is up against. And China kicked them out. And Russia kicked them out. And Cuba kicked them out. And Iran kicked him out. And Venezuela kicked him out. And we need to stand with anyone who kicked him out. And that's why China supported the black people. That's why Robert F. Williams was welcomed to China as a hero. 
That's why Cuba hosted Robert F. Williams and let him broadcast Radio Free Dixie from the South, the Black Liberation Message. That's why the Soviet Union took their amazing petition, We Charge Genocide to the United Nations, exposing the horrors of Jim Crow segregation. That's why the Black Panthers were welcomed to North Korea as heroes and given a huge parade. That's why Gaddafi gave suitcases of money to the Black Panthers. That's why Gaddafi gave suitcases of money to, to revolutionary forces in the United States and in Ireland and in other countries. Are you for the imperialists or are you against them? And if you're joining this hysterical anti-Russia campaign, if you're celebrating the arrest of, of, of black uh, of, of, of the black Yahoo movement or, or other black forces, if you're waging a hysterical witch hunt against Nazbols and Red Browns, you're on the side of the imperialists. And if you understand that even if you don't agree with the group, and even if you have a different tactical orientation, even if you think that your duty is to organize in a patriotic way and show that imperialism works against America's interests while someone else's duty is to organize among their colonized people who are oppressed and, and get them to have a different consciousness. Even if you understand your duty is different, even if you have a different tactical orientation, if you have a different religion, if you have a different, you know, a different ideology perspective. If you're, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. Are you for the imperialists or are you against the imperialists? And if you're against the imperialists, I've got your back. You're my brother. I will stand with you. And if you're for the imperialists, you're the enemy. You know, and you know, you can say you're a socialist all day long. You can write interesting books about Lenin and Trotsky and all of that. But if you're for the imperialists, you're supporting the anti-Russian hysteria. If you're supporting what's being done to the Yahuru movement, you are celebrating what's being done to them. If you're not, you know, calling out the FBI right now for what they did, if you're not opposing this. You're on the side of the imperialists. You're not really a socialist. You know, it doesn't matter if you think socialism might vaguely be a, a good idea. You know, that was one of the attacks on me by Vosh. I, I, I remember this. Vosh said, you know, Caleb never attacks capitalism. Well, first of all, I do attack capitalism all the time. I do attack capitalism all the time. But he said on his stream, he said, Caleb never attacks capitalism. He just attacks the Pentagon and Wall Street banks and the White House and, and the military. And he just attacks all these things, but he never attacks capitalism. Well, I do attack capitalism all the time. I explain the problems of capitalism like overproduction and the tendency of the falling rate of profit. And you know, I, I explain the problems of capitalism far better than he does. But here's the thing. If I didn't attack the Pentagon, if I didn't attack, you know, and criticize with my words, um, Wall Street, if I didn't criticize Big Pharma, if I didn't criticize the military industrial complex, if I didn't, if I didn't agitate against their wars, if I didn't expose the lies, if, I, if all I did was vaguely criticize capitalism, that wouldn't mean shit. It wouldn't mean shit. It wouldn't mean shit. You know, it's like, oh, well, I support big pharma and I support sending weapons to the Ukrainian neo-Nazis to wage a war against the peoples in the eastern regions and bomb children. And uh, anyone who criticizes the vaccine is a Nazi. And uh, anyone who doesn't vote for Joe Biden is, is a Nazi and should be thrown in jail. And uh, I want the FBI to raid people's homes and terrorize people. And I support this new uh, domestic terrorism law the Democrats passed. And but I'm against capitalism. 
I'm against capital. Doesn't mean shit. Doesn't mean shit. Sam Marcy, the founder of the Workers' World Party, said, socialism is as socialism does. Socialism is as socialism does. If your socialism is just this vague idea, but in the real world, you're on the side of the oppressor, doesn't mean shit. Does not mean shit. Doesn't mean shit. It 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 doesn't mean shit. And yes, I do criticize capitalism. I criticize capitalism all the time. I criticize capitalism. But if all you do is criticize capitalism and you think that criticizing the Pentagon, criticizing Wall Street, criticizing big pharma, criticizing big oil companies, criticizing big banks, criticizing if any, you do any of that, you must be a Nazi because that's all secretly code for Jew. If you think that, your socialism is not worth shit. I mean, we need to be honest about this. If your socialism is just vaguely criticizing capitalism, I think we ought to have a worker cooperative. That would be more fair. But you support the U.S. imperialists and you support all the ruling class institutions. And you have the same understanding of world events as mainstream media. It doesn't matter, right? It, what matters is when the rubber meets the road. You know, when there's a strike, are you on the side of the workers? Or on your side, the side of the bosses. If the workers go on strike against the vaccine mandates, do you go, oh, I can't support them? Or do you say, well, I may not agree with them, but I'm with the workers against the bosses. Well, it's funny. Someone quotes the Bible. You shall know them by their fruit. How do you tell a true prophet from a false prophet? Jesus Christ was asked in the Gospels. You shall know them by their fruits. Well, here we go. Here we go. Ye shall know them by their fruits. There are some times, there are some times where people are put to the test. What side are you on? Now is one of those times. Now is one of those times. I don't care about my political differences with the Uhuru movement. I don't care about my political differences with Black Hammer or, or anything. All I care about is that what the FBI is doing is wrong. All I care about is wanting anti-imperialist forces to learn to stand together. For God's sakes, folks, get along. Get along. Some of us believe in God. Some of us don't. Some of us are doctrinaire Marxists and some of us aren't. Some of us are, you know, have ideas about this or that and some of us don't. Some of us like Haas, some of us don't. I like Haas, some people don't. I don't agree with Haas on everything, he knows that. But, you know, some people like Haas, some people don't. Some people like this person and they don't like that person. Get over it, folks. Get over it. Get over it. Get over it. They're coming for all of us right now. I have never, I don't even think I've ever talked to anyone from the Uhuru movement. I think I bought a newspaper a couple times at anti-war protests. I bought a copy of the Burning Spear. It's not about that. They're coming for all of us. They don't care if you're, you know, the gray zone or, 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 or you know, anybody. Mint Press, they're coming for all of us, folks. 
They're coming for anyone who stands against their empire and they want to silence us. They want to crush us. We've got to learn to get along. We've got to learn to get along. You know, if somebody said something about an issue that's important to you and they're wrong, you got to learn to say, you know what? We don't agree, but we're in the struggle together. Anti-imperialists, look, they're trying to eat us alive. They're smearing us all. And so those of us who are anti-imperialists, who support Russia and China and Cuba and Venezuela and Iran, we got to learn to have each other's backs. They're not going to have our backs. They want to eat us all alive. We've got to learn to support each other. Stop tearing each other apart with internet debates. Stop trying to expose and tear down other people. You just got to, got to, got to learn to get along. You got to put the organization ahead of your own self-interests. You've got to learn. You got to learn to put your ego in check. You got to learn to forgive people. You got to learn to have patience. You got to learn to not make a mountain out of a molehill. You got to learn to sometimes be in the room with somebody who you think's a little slimy. Sometimes be in the room with somebody who insulted you on Twitter. Sometimes be in the same room as somebody who annoys you. It's getting so much more serious, folks. This is getting real. This is getting real, folks. It's getting real. These streams, I talk, I quote Mao. I talk about Mao and his report on the Hunan province. And China will rise like a mighty storm. And are we going to stand at their head and lead them? It's getting real, folks. Trying not to start crying here. I'm really trying not to start crying. I'm trying not to start crying, but it's very difficult because I need... I need people to put down, put down themselves. I need people to not see this as an internet word game. I need people to come and be part of a community of solidarity. We need a solid block of people. We need a solid block of people to resist U.S. imperialism. We need people to make revolution their way of life. We need people to go all in. We need people to say, I'm going to stand with Black Hammer, and I'm going to stand with Russia, and I'm going to stand with Yahuru, and I'm going to stand with with Cuba and Venezuela and Iran. I am going to be an anti-imperialist. We need people to do that. We need people to say, you know what, it's bigger than me. You know what, it's bigger, it's bigger than me. And, and we need people to, to just decide that they're in this for real. And learn, learn to put everything else on hold. And learn that it's not always going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. That's what we're going to need more than anything. We need that right now. We need people people to trust and, and trust other people in the revolutionary movement.
There was a situation I was in a few years ago. I was at a communist conference. There was somebody who shouldn't have been there. Yes, it was a a woman, older woman was had been in a relationship with an, a, an abusive boyfriend. Wow, I love you, Justin. Justin is awesome. Wow. And there was a woman who'd been in a relationship with the abusive boyfriend. Abusive boyfriend wasn't a comrade. He showed up. And immediately her, her girlfriend started yelling. They said, get him out of here. Get him out of here. And the security jumped in and they escorted that guy out. You know, and they, you know, this abusive boyfriend came to the conference to try and intimidate his ex. The girl, the friends, the comrades saw it and they, they started yelling, getting him out. And the security jumped in and they just got the guy out of there. Just got him out. Got him out. And afterwards, after they kicked the abusive boyfriend out, after they booted him out of the conference, Somebody, somebody said to the security, comrades on security who'd kicked him out, they said, did you know who that guy was? And they said, nope. Did you know why he was getting kicked out? Did you know this guy had been the abusive boyfriend who showed up to try and intimidate the girl at the conference? They said, nope. And they said, but if our comrades wanted him out, that's good enough for us. That's good enough for us. They didn't need to ask any questions. They didn't need to have a big ideological debate about, oh, well, he, I mean, he walked in off the street and I mean, doesn't he have a right to be here? I mean, no, if the comrades wanted this guy out, they didn't need to know who he was. They didn't need to know why he was there. They didn't need to know why he was being thrown out. The sister comrades wanted this guy out. And so the security, without asking any questions, they understood that this guy had shown up to intimidate his ex, who was an abusive, and they booted him out. Because of the bond that comrades have. Maybe you don't understand what I'm saying, but but you you know, if if you don't go all in, if you don't have that kind of trust that when the sister comrades are saying this guy needs to be out of here, some guy, and he's not a comrade, he's not a member of the group, and he's come and and the sister comrades want him out, you don't ask any questions, you just boot him out. You trust your comrades. That is the kind of trust we need to develop in our movements. Now, you don't have to have a debate about everything. You don't have to have a line struggle about every question. We need people to be in an organization, to be part of this anti-imperialist movement and say, you know, I don't know who, I don't know about Yuhuru. I don't know if the Yuhuru group or, or you know, they're a cult or if they're a black nationalist separatist. We just need people to have this gut instinct. When they hear that the FBI attacked a group of black socialists, they say, God damn it, FBI, over my dead body, you're going to attack this group of black socialists. Hell no, you're not going to do it. Oh, they worked for Russia. I've heard that before. They said that about Gus Hall. They said that about William Z. Foster. They said that about Martin Luther King. Over my dead body, FBI. That's what we need. That's solidarity. When workers are on strike and you drive by the picket line, you honk your horn, you honk your horn, and you wave. And you don't need to know. 
you don't need to know all the details about what's going on at the plant. You don't know why the workers are on strike. You haven't read the union contract. You haven't heard the press release of the employer and all of that. You don't need to know. You just know that those workers are on strike and you're with the workers against the bosses and you don't need to know. You don't need to know. Right? If you see a group of workers that are on strike outside of their plant, you honk your horn and you wave and you support them. Why? Because they're workers and you're with the workers against the bosses. That's what we need in our movement. That's what we need in our movement more than anything right now. And it's hard. So hard. So hard. It's so hard because of the fact that we are all been sitting at home during the pandemic watching Netflix, learning to be afraid of other people, learning to, learning to fear groups of people, learning to, to fear cooperating with other people, learning to be suspicious of everything. You've got to just at some point Say, I'm in this for real. I'm in this for real. Everything we have as workers has come from solidarity. We're against the imperialists. We're against the war makers. We're against the FBI. We're against the ruling class. And we are going to stand arm in arm with oppressed people around the world that are struggling. That is, that is the attitude we have to have. That's the attitude we have to have. And um, you know, um, I mean, there's not much more I can say about it. I could probably ramble about this all night, but, you know, we, we got to get to the point that we just learn to let ourselves be comrades, let ourselves stand in struggle, right? I'm in it for real, says Jamie Nix, and I'm in it for real too. And, and you know, I, I you know, I, I, I am so, my heart goes out to the, the Yuhuru folks. That, that woman on, on the, the stream there, you know, my heart goes out to her. My heart goes out to her. And um, there you go. Folks, um, you know, we are having a conference. August 6th, Deerfield, Illinois. Uh, we're having a conference at the Hyatt Hotel. Tara Reed's going to be there. Dan Kavalik's going to be there. Garland Nixon's going to be there. Peter Coffin is going to be there. Other speakers and allies are going to be there. Uh, I hope that you can make it. It's going to be good. Uh, I do want to formally invite anyone from the Yahoo movement. If there's anyone, I know they've only, they've only got about a million other things to be worried about right now. Uh, but if there's anyone from the Yahoo movement watching, uh, we will give you a platform. We will give you a platform to get up and defend yourself and tell your side of the story. Um, we're not going to debate you. We're not going to argue with you. We're just going to give you a platform out of solidarity. If you can't make it. We understand. We understand that you're facing FBI raids and smears in the media and terrorism. So if you can't make it, we understand that as well. We don't take it personally. You got a lot more important things to worry about. But if there's some of you who happen to be in Chicago, you want to contact the Center for Political Innovation, uh, we would like to put you on a stage. We'd like to give you an opportunity to tell the truth about what happened to you. Um, regardless of whether or not we can welcome someone from the Uhuru Project, I'll be making remarks and giving a statement on behalf of the Center for Political Innovation, supporting the Yahoo movement against what's been done to them. And um, we, are, we are on your side. We are on your side against the US imperialists and against the state. That's what we're doing. 
that's what we're doing. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a good conference. If you can make it great, can't make it, you know, um, well, we could use a donation if you want to send us a donation or, you know, if you watch the videos or help us promote it or whatever, we're having a conference. I'm in this for real folks. There's no turning back. There's no turning back. We've got to struggle, dare to struggle, dare to win, dare to struggle and dare to win. All right, folks, names and locations, names and locations. I will call you out as I see you. Names and locations. Names and locations. Who's with us tonight? Names and locations. Names and locations. Who's with us? I'll call you out as I see you. And then we'll answer the super chats and then I'm going to bed. All right. We got Jenny Lynn in Cincinnati. We got Mark in Utica. Very, very good. Glad to have you. We got Kathy Lloyd. We got uh, Foster, Lexington, Kentucky. We got Lionel in Melbourne, Australia. We got Ryan in Oakland. We got a video premiering about China on the Center for Political Innovation channel. Check it out. Great presentation from Ryan in Oakland. Uh, good stuff, folks. We got Austin, Texas. We got Antonio in New York. Shout out to you, Antonio. We got Jeremy in Springfield, Missouri. We got Clow in Lima, Peru. We got Marta in Poland. We got uh, Illinois, New Jersey. Very, very good. Very, very good. I'd tell you, but you'd never call me out, says Molly McGuire. We got Rob in Los Angeles. Shout out to you, Rob. We got Joe Tuggis from Los Angeles, Dave in Sacramento, Fremont. We got Marissa in Washington. Shout out to you, Marissa. We got Bob Troy in New York. We got uh, we got Kathy Lloyd in Haslett, Michigan. Haslett, Michigan. We got Red Chilean in Con Con Concepcion, Chile. Mohammed in Utah. We got Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Uh, we got Johnny in Sunny Raytheon Acres. We got Lisa in Airport. We've got Anything Goes in Vermont. Anything Goes. We got Chile. Chile. We got Nailed the Name. We got Chester, England. We got Sam Q in Chicago. Cedar Park, Texas. Wellington, New Zealand. Los Angeles. Richard Swaki. Heredia. St. David's, Bermuda. Randy Lagrande in Oregon. We got Carlos Farr in Texas. We got, we got Wellington in New Zealand. Very, very good. We got Micah from Las Vegas. Very, very good stuff. Very, very good stuff. We got uh, Russia, someone in Russia. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, they're going to put in the, you know, they're going to say, you know, you know, someone conspired to watch Caleb's stream in Russia. You know, someone conspired to interfere in politics by watching Caleb's stream from Russia. Have him put in jail. All right, we got Rose from Texas. We got Cleveland Pirate Alex. We got uh, Dust James in North Carolina. We got Chuck Bach in Orange County, California. Uh, we got, um, you know, we got Jenny Lynn in Cincinnati. Dust James is going to be at the conference as well, by the way. Shout out to Dust James. I'm looking forward to his presentation. We got Robert Williams in Salem, Oregon. We got, uh, we got my aunt in Russia, says Piano Man. Very, very good. Very, 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 very good. Very good, folks. Um, you know, Eureka CPI. Did you know this? They formed in, in Eureka, Australia. They formed uh, their own Center for Political Innovation. Wild stuff. I think it's crazy. We got Nick in Vladivostok. We got uh, Anoxa in Phoenix, Arizona. We've got uh, Jenny Lynn, uh, Russian. You know, yeah, very funny, right? Exactly. I love Russia, says Mr. Wonderful. Oh, we got you. We got you. But there you go. All righty. All righty, folks. Like I said, just one more time, great conference coming up. Be there. We'd love to have you there. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. All right, folks. All right, folks. So now 
Uh, we've got a few super chat questions. First one, is it possible that any of the patriotic socialist haters online are well-meaning and don't understand ML? It absolutely is possible because none of the arguments made against us are ever addressing anything that we have said. You know, today on social media, um, I tweeted out in support of black nationalism. I said, you know, and, and then someone responded, I thought you would hate black nationalists. I'm like, no, I, I'm quoted in final call newspaper from the Nation of Islam quite frequently. You know, I went to a whole conference in Iran with black nationalists. I've done whole streams about the black belt south. Someone tweeted at me, I thought you hated black nationalists. I'm like, no, I don't hate black nationalists. I admire black nationalism. I, I was annoying the crap out of Lily Gold playing earlier by playing Farrakhan videos. I, I mean, I love black nationalists. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, you know, I could listen to minister Farrakhan all day long. I mean, I, Malcolm, I mean, I am a huge admirer of black nationalism and I take the communist position. I take the communist position, uh, that, uh, that you support the right of black people as an oppressed nation to, to integrate or separate of their own choice. Right. Um, but you wouldn't know that because these people who rant against patriotic socialism, they are always like, Oh, these people are against any oppressed nation. Oh, these people want to support settler colonialism. They say all these things that aren't true. The things that just aren't factually accurate that we've never said, they never let us speak for ourselves. And then anyone who criticizes patriotic socialism, they immediately blow up their tweet. And suddenly it's in everyone's feed and it, and, and it's very clearly because, you know, some government agency has decided that Haas and Jackson Hinkle and myself and Peter Coffin, because we advocate patriotism, they've decided, and because we're anti-imperialists, because we're, you know, talking the truth about Russia, they've decided that we must be some kind of, you know, evil government Russian operation or something. And because of that, they have decided to just smear us. And, all the people, there's so many people who've heard about quote unquote patriotic socialism have no idea what we believe. Writing it down. And the smears against us get hundreds of thousands of views. Uh, smears against us get hundreds of thousands of views and retweets and we don't ever get a chance to defend ourselves it's very hard to get our videos to come up it's very hard to see our actual tweets so yes i think a lot of the people that are bashing patriotic socialism are very you know they just don't know what we believe and they think that we advocate racism or we support you know the the u.s wars or something like that when actually we are the most consistent anti-imperialists we are the most consistent defenders of black nationalism we are the most you know, it's like, it's like they can't make up their minds. You know, on the one hand, we're supposed to be evil Russian agents. We're supposed to be evil Iranian agents, agents of the Ayatollahs, agents of China, agents of Venezuela. We're aligned with all these evil regimes. But on the other hand, they, they claim that because we wave an American flag and we don't tell working class Americans that our mission is to destroy their country. And we say we want to use socialist methods and break the country out of imperialism to make life better for working people. Uh, they say, oh, we must be, you know, advocates, defenders of the American state, defenders of American imperialism. We're, ne we're neither of those things. We're not foreign agents. I love my country. I love my people. I'm, I'm not working. I'm not agent, an agent of a foreign power. 
I'm not working for the Russians or the Cubans, or the Chinese. I'm working against imperialism because I love my American people and I believe life would be better in a non-imperialist socialist America where the banks, factories, and industries are organized to serve public good and not the profits of a few. So I'm not an agent of a foreign power. I am the biggest patriot around. I love the American people. And because I love them, I want them to have socialism. But on the other hand, I'm not a defender of the American state because I know the government works for Wall Street and the Pentagon. I know the FBI raids the homes of black nationalists, for goodness sakes. I know that the, the cops break strikes and, and that, you know, the part of the socialist process is, you know, advocating. We advocate a peaceful transition, but building a new state apparatus to serve the people. We're going to have to have a, a new form of government, a new working class government based in communities, right? So I'm not an agent of the U.S. state or I'm not a defender of the U.S. You know, you know, system as it exists. And I'm also not an agent of a foreign power. I am a, an agent of the American working class. I love my country, my community, my people. I'm an opponent of the evil imperialists that have made working people's lives miserable. I'm neither of those things. But, you know, uh, to some people, we are, we are anti-American. And to other people, we're, you know, blind, dumb super patriots. We are neither of those things. If you just listen to what we say, our message is pretty damn rational, right? Pretty damn rational. French revolutions of 1848, all right? Our message is pretty damn rational. So there you go. I think, yes, a lot of the people that think they hate patriotic socialism, they don't even know what we're saying. Thoughts on globalism. Well, the term globalism, I don't particularly like. I mean, I will use it occasionally, but ultimately the issue is not just that we're too global and we're not nationalist. The issue is imperialism. It's a global financial system called capitalism, capitalism in its monopoly stage. And it means giant corporations dominating the globe. And it means super profits uh, for for millionaire monopolists and billion, billionaires in the West. I mean, super exploitation and keeping the world poor. So globalism is just another way, it's another term to describe imperialism. You know, when the LaRouche folks, they talk about the British empire, the British system, they're talking about imperialism, the highest stage of capitalism. When Trumpers rant against globalism, most of them are talking about big corporations that dominate the world, they're leaving people in poverty, they're talking about imperialism. You know, at the end of the day, Globalism, you know, globalization, neoliberalism, imperialism, the highest stage of capitalism, this is all referring to the same thing. A global apparatus where big banks and corporations, big international monopolies dominate the world economy and are driving down the living standards. That's what, that's what we're talking about. All righty. Um, so there you go. Uh, what will happen if Pelosi goes to Taiwan? I, I don't know. And I really hope that she won't. They, they, she's gone to Japan, um, you know, and she, you know, she's going, she's left and they're saying, they won't say whether or not she's actually going to go to Taiwan. And I really hope that common sense prevails because China is not going to take that lightly if she goes to Taiwan. There, there will be a response. And why in the world, with the economy as bad as it is, would you try to escalate things with China too? I really hope common sense prevails and Pelosi doesn't go to Taiwan. All right. When Russia crack down, cracks down on these NGOs, they call it fascism. Yeah, 
And the NGOs, the USA Funds in Russia, are murdering police officers and, you know, breaking into government buildings. You know, Pussy Riot. What did Pussy Riot do? They went into one of the most sacred churches in Russia and, you know, played loud rock music to disrupt a really important church service. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, that's not I mean, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the Uhuru movement has some protests. They, they march through the streets legally with permits to support the rights of black people. They they hand out leaflets about black liberation, you know, and and, you know, they're a, a peaceful black nationalist organization and they're terrorized like this. In Russia, you know, you got USA funding groups like Pussy Riot that go into people's churches and the most sacred churches blare loud rock music, disrupt the churches, you know, run through the stores, you know, stripping naked and, you know, you know, in front of children, in front of other people, you know, shoving things into their body parts and, and doing disgusting things. I mean, it's like, give me a break, right? I mean, I mean, it's like US backed NGOs, the NGO, US imperialist apparatus, you know, you look at in, in, in what they did in Hong Kong, you look at what they've done, um, you know, all over the world, the, the Soros NGOs that overthrow governments, that, that terrorize people, that, you know, that, I mean, the, the, you know, in Syria, they're arming these rebels that blow, that cut off Christians' heads. And, you know, but it's like, you know, what did the Yahoo movement, allegedly, it's alleged they got some, maybe some money from Russia so they could hand out some leaflets or something. And, and they get, I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. So there you go. Adversarial supranationalism. Hmm, not sure I would call it that way. I wouldn't call it that. I don't think that's correct. There you go. All right. All right. Bretton Woods. Well, after World War II, uh, the uh, Western powers convened and they designed the world financial system. And that's where the petrodollar comes out of. That's where the GATT, the General Agreement on Trade and Tariffs, came from. Uh, that's where, um, uh, what else? I mean, you know, what else came out of the Bretton Woods? I mean, that's the basis of the global economy. The uh, SWIFT, right? Is it SWIFT, which is the, the bank transaction? I think that comes out of Bretton Woods. And it was just an international meeting to redesign the global financial system uh, after World War II. And it was the non-communist one. There was Comicon, which was the Eastern Bloc. And then there was the Bretton Woods at, at Bretton Woods at this meeting at Bretton Woods. It's in where, where is it? Maine or Massachusetts or someplace like that. It's in New England. They had a meeting of all the Western capitalist countries and they redesigned the global financial system. That was Bretton Woods. All right. Most important Marxist theorist of the last hundred years, that would be Lenin. Right. I mean, uh, Lenin's theory of imperialism, the highest stage of capitalism, his understanding of that is important. I mean, every country around the world is struggling against imperialism. And why has the socialist movement in the Western capitalist countries, um, you know, why has it been why has it been so confused? Um, you know, um, you know, why has it been so confused? Um, well, it's, it's been so confused um, because of the fact that, uh, that imperialism and the, you know, that what Lenin uh, developed, Lenin's theory of imperialism is the most important groundbreaking understanding that we're dealing with capitalism in its monopoly stage. We're dealing with whole nations that are being oppressed. Uh, you know, the reason Russia and China rose up from poverty, the entire Cold War, everything it can be understood. And the confusion in the socialist movement that led to World War One. Lenin's theory of imperialism is essential. It's really, really essential. So there you go. Uh, you're asking, is the conference posted? Right here. Right here is the poster. And yes, there will be video up afterwards. Um, there will be video up afterwards. So there you go. There you go. All righty. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's the conference. All righty. 
French revolutions of 1848. Well, look, 1848, there were over 200 different uprisings across Europe. It was called the Spring of Nations. And uh, across Europe, you had people rising up. The primary demand of the various revelations of 1848 was the demand for the creation of nation states. The German Revolution of 1848 was probably the biggest of the uprisings. There were uprisings. There were uprisings in Britain. There was an uprising in Hungary, uprising in Belgium. All across Europe, the year of 1848 is the year that people were revolting. And yes, the Communist Manifesto was written in the aftermath of the 1848 attempt, you know, German Revolution that was defeated. Um, it's funny uh, because in Ohio, I grew up, you know, I, the area I grew up in, almost everyone had a German last name, you know, uh, you know, you know, Wagner and Muller and uh, Steinbeck and Steiner and, and, you know, everyone had a German last name. Why was that? Well, because Ohio was settled. Um, no, lots on Georgie Dimitro. That's because Ohio was settled by 48ers, people who fled Germany in 1848, right? Um, you know, so there you go. Thoughts on Dimitro. You know, uh, they were settled in 1848, but in, in France, I don't, I don't recall the specifics. I know in 1851 in France, you had the coup and that I believe in 1848, there was some kind of revolt in France that was trying to keep the spirit of the French revolution alive. Uh, that involved a lot of workers protests and the labor movement was going and, but I really don't know, to be honest. I, you know, I know about the German revolution of 1848 and I, I know about Karl Marx and his participation in the German revolution of 1848. Um, but I, you know, and I know about what happened in France in 1851 and I know about the French, you know, the Paris commune of 1871 and the, you know, the Prussian Franco Prussian war and all that. But I don't know. I can't tell you the specifics of the 1848 revolt in France. Exactly. I can't, can't do that. There were a lot of uprisings in France because France had the tradition of the French Revolution. There were many armed uprisings. 1871 was the Paris Commune. Uh, you know, you had all kinds of uprisings in France. You know, the, the, there were various monarchies after the French Revolution. You had Napoleon and then you had, a, you know, I think it was a Charles X. And then, you, you know, you had the overthrow of a king and the restoring of the National Assembly. And there was a lot of a lot of revolutionary turmoil in France following um, following the French Revolution. And it was very much, you know, the 1800s in France was a very tumultuous time, to say the least. All right. Recent actions of imperialist countries seem poised to crumble their own economies. How does this square with the model of profit maximization? All right. All right. Um, so I'll answer this one because it's kind of complicated, and then I'll do Dimitrov. Um, but uh, so what's going on right now is that the monopolies in the Western imperialist countries are trying to secure their monopolies. They're trying to beat down any competitors, right? The big oil companies want the fracking companies to be eliminated. Uh, they've pretty much done that, right? Started during the Obama years with the oil price drop. Amazon pretty much wants any other, you know, retail store to be eliminated. Walmart wants other smaller retail stores eliminated, right? The the Silicon Valley companies they want to they want to have total dominance, and that we are seeing a monopolistic drive, and they are crashing the economies of the Western countries because they want to they want to clear out the lower levels of capital and solidly secure 
the ultra monopolies, the ultra rich monopolies that control Western capitalism and imperialism, because they think that's the only way to stabilize the crisis. Communist Manifesto talks about when you enter a prolonged crisis of overproduction, the only way the capitalists can solve it is by more thorough exploitation of the existing markets, seizing control of new markets and actively destroying the means of production. Um, and that's what they're doing. They're actively trying to destroy the means of production. Um, and that means just wiping out, you know, just, just degrowing and crushing uh, the, the competitors in order to secure the rule of, of the big monopolies. Um, is there history of Bolivarian socialism in Mexico? All right. So we'll do that. We'll do Dimitrov and then we'll do that. All right. All right. Um, okay. Bolivarian socialism in Mexico. All right. So Dimitrov. Dimitrov. They said the communists had done it, uh, and they used, they declared emergency powers, and they they outlawed the communist party, and they you know they set up a one-party state, right? Because the Reichstag had been burned, and they found some guy who was like mentally ill, and they, he was like an anarchist, and they said he was a communist. They said he did it, but they needed, they wanted to blame Russia for doing it, so they grabbed this Bulgarian guy uh, who'd been living in Germany, who'd been you know sent by the Communist International to work with the German Communist Party, and they tried to use. This Bulgarian guy, Georgi Dimitrov, they tried to use him to say that Russia and the Soviet Union had burned the Reichstag. Um, and the global communist movement uh, went up in, you know, went up in uproar about this. And communists all over the world protested to support Dimitrov uh, and rallied in support of Dimitrov. Um, and on top of that, the Soviet Union started imposing economic consequences on Germany and said, look, I mean, if you, if you, you know, arrest this guy who's not even a citizen of your country, he's just a Bulgarian guy who happened to be there, uh, you know, we're not going to trade with you. And the Soviet Union put economic pressure on Nazi Germany and the global communist movement had strikes and protests and demonstrations and organized, uh, you know, and it got to the point that then they had a show trial and at the show trial, uh, Georgi Dimitrov caught the Nazis in their own lies when they were had him on the witness stand. They said stuff that contradicted other things they said. And even though German was not his own language, right? He, he was not a native German speaker. In a foreign language, German, he was able to defend himself effectively at this show trial that was like broadcast all over the radios. And he completely exposed uh, the Nazi attempt to frame him for it. So the Nazis were forced to release him. And he went back to the Soviet Union as a hero he gave a great, you know, he became the leader of the efforts of the Communist International to build a united front against fascism. I really admired Dimitrov. And after the Second World War, he became the leader of socialist Bulgaria. Uh, he was a leader of the Bulgarian government. There was an idiot at my college, this right-wing Bulgarian rich kid who hated Dimitrov, you know. And I mean, somebody at my college... Um, you know, uh, somebody like I, I remember somebody in my college was talking about Martin Luther King Jr. And he like he's sitting in the class. And he's like, you know, we all do not know who Martin Luther King Jr. is. Some of us are not from not from America. And I said, well, I mean, what about Georgi Dimitrov? Right. He's a similar figure. 
And then he got really angry, right? And I said, you know, you don't know who Martin Luther King Jr. is. And I said, well, you're from Bulgaria. What about Georgi Dimitrov, right? Because Georgi Dimitrov was a progressive activist for the people of Bulgarian history, a very similar. I compared Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in America to Georgi Dimitrov in Bulgaria. Oh, this guy was a right winger. That pissed him off like you wouldn't believe. And he started shouting, he was illiterate. George Dimitrov was illiterate. He was a stupid fool. Oh, how can you say that? That's oh, this communist propaganda. He was ignorant worker. He was not uh, he was so furious, right? That's one thing that always got on my nerves. One thing that always gotten on my nerves is these these people that hate their own country so much, right? They're 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 Cubans who hate Cuba. They're Venezuelans who hate Venezuela. They're Iranians who hate Iran. That they they come to the United States and they rally to bomb and sanction and terrorize their own people, right? I mean, they are the worst, right? And you know, and they 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 you know, it's like it's like not only do they you know flee their home country, not only are they counter revolutionaries, but then they come to the imperialist homeland, the very country that's putting sanctions on Cuba, putting sanctions on Iran putting sanctions on Venezuela, the very country that's bombing and attacking their homeland. And they support it just because they hate communism so much. Those people are, I, I really can't stand them. I really cannot stand them. You know, and these, these people, they love to walk around and go, I lived under it. It's so awful. I lived under it. You know, well, show me any poll in the former Soviet Union, right? Russia, Ukraine, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, every former socialist country, poll after 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 poll shows that they say life was better. So these idiots who walk around and go, I lived under it, I hate communism. They don't represent, they do not represent their people. They don't represent their people. Stalin is wildly popular in Russia right now. Did you know that? People in Russia love Stalin, right? I mean, there's a, a surge of popularity in Stalin and Soviet nostalgia in Russia is very high right now. No, the, 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 the guy living in your neighborhood who's Russian and tells you horror stories, I lived under it so awful. He doesn't represent the Russian people. He represents people who hated their own country so much that they came to the United States. That's what they represent. The same for those Miami Cubans. Oh, I lived under it, you know, you know, you know, there, there's a cartoon. Uh, you know, there's a cartoon of like two dogs walking. They're like little wiener dogs. And the one says, you know, I was a great Dane back in Cuba if it wasn't for awful Fidel. You know, I mean, it's just like, you know, the, you know, the stories every year there in the United States, the stories about how awful the regime they lived under get so much bigger, you know, and they, and that, you know, and, and I mean, it's just, I've talked about this before. I've really, I've talked about this before and it's, it's really obnoxious. You know, do you think that you would get an honest assessment of what the U.S. Civil War was like by talking to Miss Scarlet from Gone with the Wind? I do declare the Yankees came down here and took my slaves. It was awful. My slaves were so happy before before the Union Army came down. Oh, my dear, I do declare Abraham Lincoln's a dictator. He's a communist. He's a communist trying to make black people equal with white people. Oh, my God, the Union Army. The Union Army is a terrorist organization. I lived under it. I saw it. I saw it. I, I, they even made a movie about it called Gone with the Wind. I lived under it. I do declare. Oh, how are you erasing my real lived experience? Oh, Captain Butler. Captain Butler and I lived under the evils of the evils of, of overthrowing slavery. We saw it with our own eyes. How dare you? How dare you? This is my experience. I was there. 
I lived under it. I lived under what, what the Union Army did. Oh, it was so awful. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Right? Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I am so sick of those people. Right? You know, I am very critical of the American government. Did you know what? I'm very critical of the American government. I don't like the American government. I don't like the American capitalist system. And I do travel all over the world. But when I go to Russia, I don't sit there and go, hey, Russia, you really ought to bomb America. I want you to blow up some neighborhoods and bomb America. I never would do that, ever. I would never want my own people to be bombed. And when I go to Venezuela, again, I'm very critical of the American government. I never go to Venezuela and say, all right, I, all right can you drop some nukes on Kansas? Can, I would never do that. I love my people, right? These people, these gusanos or whatever you want to call them, they're utter garbage. They are utter garbage. They want to starve their own people with sanctions. They support the blockades to prevent medicine getting to their own people. They just hate communism so much. They want their own people to die. They are scum and I hate them, right? I mean, it is, it is, I mean, I mean, just from just a, like, like a basic human feeling, right? You know, if, if you claim you don't like the regime of your homeland, why would you want to take medicine from sick children in your homeland, right? I went to one of these marches. I did the video is up on here when doing this SOS Cuba thing. And I went and they all supported the blockade. They said to me, the blockade is good. We support the blockade. And they're claiming they support the Cuban people. If you support the blockade, you don't love the Cuban people. You want to kill the Cuban people. You know, these sick people, they look at like Syria and all the Syrian refugees and they say, God damn it, I want that to be my people. I hate Baathist Arab socialism so much. I want my people to be refugees. Fuck these people. Fuck them. Fuck them. Self-hating, unbelievable. These Iranians who march around in LA with the Shah's flag, the Shah's of Sunset you know, park and they walk around with the, with the lion and the sword and, you know, supporting Savak and the torture chambers and, you know, these, you know, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, these, you know, I mean, the, these folks, you know, the fallen gong religious cult that walks around and says China before communism, you know, back when the, you know, the, there was mass starvation and foot binding and they didn't have a single steel mill and barely any electrification. And they're going around promoting a show called China before communism. You mean when China was deeply, deeply poor before China became a global superpower? I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. I have absolutely no love for those folks. None whatsoever. Last question. Bolivarian socialism in Mexico. Bolivarian socialism in Mexico. AMLO, uh, 2006, there was an uprising in Mexico in Oaxaca. It was a general strike. It started out, the teachers went on strike in Oaxaca, and they went on strike because the children in their classes couldn't pay attention because they were hungry. And the teachers said, all right, we're not teaching school anymore until these children, um, you know. Yeah. And, and, and right, exactly, right. In Ukraine, they have outlawed, I mean, they're outlawing anything communist. I mean, they're tearing down the memorials to World War II, for Christ's sakes. Yep, yep, there you go. Um, but, um, you know, in, I mean, you know, the, the, chill, the teachers went on strike in Oaxaca because the children in their classes were too hungry. And the labor unions went out and there was a general, like, working class uprising in the city of Oaxaca in Mexico. Um, then AMLO... Uh, kind of led the coalition, the anti-neoliberalism coalition that came out of that. And the roots of AMLO's political career are with the workers' struggle in Oaxaca, that revolutionary uprising in Oaxaca. 
that took place in 2006. And yes, I mean, there is a Bolivarian movement in Mexico, but there's also, it's complicated, you know, and AMLO is a pretty good president for Mexico, I will say. You know, I mean, I mean, again, he's, it's not a socialist country. I mean, there are socialists that are part of his coalition. It's a popular front, anti-imperialist government, but the deep state, you know, the U.S. government still controls the Mexican state, the Mexican police, the Mexican intelligence forces, the Mexican military are still very much controlled by the United States. And AMLO is in a coalition and he's trying to, to move Mexico, you know, uh, you know, in a more anti-imperialist direction and he's done some good stuff with the summit of the americas but yeah the that that uprising in oaxaca in 2006 that was seen as an uprising that was aligned with bolivarianism all right folks uh i'm tired i am exhausted i am i am gonna put on the closing music and i'm gonna call it a night here wow hope tomorrow it's a better day not a good day today for the american workers all solidarity to the Uhuru movement upsurge in the struggle against U.S. imperialism is now emerging throughout the world. Ever since World War II, U.S. imperialism and its followers have been continuously launching wars of aggression. But the people of various countries have been continuously waging revolutionary wars to defeat their aggression. And while the danger of a new world war still exists, and the people of all countries must get prepared, revolution is the main trend in the world today. <laughs>